you guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the new garage. Welcome to your favorite podcast. If you were born within, I'd say three to four months of Bob and I, it's the throwback podcast. That limits you till about August 1980. That's it. August Uh, 19, from January to August 1980, a day after that, September 1st, 1980, you're out. I am Dan Hansis. That is Bob Kestrone. And uh, yes, that Bob, everything Bob said was right. So we'll say three months. So you were born January 80. So from, let's say, October 79 to, let's say, July of 80. That's the true window. That's how you know that you're going to get our references. You're going to find us humorous. You're just going to come along for the ride. How frustrating to the listeners out there. To, to this point, we just said 1980, blanketed it. But if you are August, September, October, November, December, you now know you're not the target audience either. You're an other. We're othering you. Is it smart to keep narrowing our audience <laughs> as the show continues on through the years? Why start making smart decisions now? Speaking of the future of the podcast, it, it did cross my mind right before we started today. Mm-hmm. And we're doing Metallica today. How about that? Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Um the Black Album, 1991. Um, we had one uh, catastrophic failure, Challenger-esque incident um, in the recording production side of things since we started the show in 2017. It happened probably about three years ago. We did a really good, I think it was June 94 countdown, and um, there was a glitch in the Matrix. Uh, it was unable to be saved somehow, and we lost the app. Yeah. It was really crushing. We, we, yeah, we sat here, we listened to music, we spoke for an hour and 25 minutes, and then when Into I, microphones. Into microphones. Yeah. Uh, you know, targeting- Performance. Again, again Bob. targeting about 14 people who were born in the first seven months of 1980, as we do. And then it just, it didn't transfer into the laptop, and we realized that it was all for naught, and- Lost the app. Like a couple of children, we still insisted on putting the song that we picked onto the Throwback Podcast playlist. <laughs> so that is why Lisa Loeb's Stay yes. is on the, the playlist. Because we wanted we needed something to come out of that experience. I mean, that's the true lost episode of the Throwback Podcast. The yes. one that we actually lost. lost right. uh, but it did cross my mind because that really did hurt. And it was like, oh my God, it felt almost um, like a violation to lose that. And it, it makes me think if that ever happened again, Bob. Yeah. And we've been doing this for too long now. So it's like... Way too long. Looking for reasons to end it anyway. Yep. And if, for instance, we did an hour and 27 minutes on Metallica tonight, and then we had the same Challenger-esque catastrophic error, I'm not even saying... It's a given. The podcast is over if that happens. And my thought on this, Bob, is not even to deliver any type of follow-up episode to say this is the end of the show we just can't deal with the frustration anymore um of these challenger-esque uh, catastrophic glitches we just get, hop on the throwback pod on twitter and say hey guys <laughs> lost the metallic episode we're out oh see uh, that, the account even that's a step too far i say we just put the one metallica song that we pick from the episode on the playlist and we never speak I never a word speak of it. of it i like and that then too. people that follow the playlist will know that that's what happened. I will stand up. I will shake your hand. I will pack up my bag and leave. And I I don't even know if we talk anymore. 
after that. And if we, like, if I find myself, let's say, back in the United Kingdom uh, because of my popular podcast, and there's a Q&A session, and like happened a couple years back when it's time for the Q&A, yeah. I start getting some throwback podcast questions. Right. When you say your popular podcast, you mean the one that's still like throwing money your way to like go to England and do fun things? Yes, that one. Okay. Yes. Um, the person, the, 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 the pale, sweet young boy who asks that question to me, I will just stare at him until the moderator is saying, oh, very well then, let's uh, move right along. <laughs> keep Death call- stare. Keep calling your fans pale white males. <laughs> I mean, well, they know who they are. Okay, good. They're, they're totally on board with um, their <laughs> complexion. And honestly, we're not far off, Bob. So. Um, speaking of my popular podcast, the Around the NFL podcast. Do we have to? Because you speak about that one on this podcast way more than the other way. Right. No, it's true. And um, as listeners of this show might be aware, Bob has long had an issue with my lack of promotion of the Throwback podcast. Um, and I try to be very upfront with Bob that I just don't have any interest in it. Uh, in promoting in, in promoting it promoting the show. Right, right. Uh, and really the podcast in general. Um, and that, that leads to tension And it actually got to the point, a tipping point, where something I said on the Around the NFL podcast led to Bob ceasing to listen to the Around the NFL podcast. It wasn't something you said, Dan. It was something you didn't say. Okay. So, and we don't have to rehash it, but I did, I I guess I didn't plug the show when I had an opportunity to plug the show, uh, because apparently that's what should be at the top of my mind when I'm doing the Around the NFL podcast. I don't know. You're going to have to ask Bob privately about that. That's it. Yeah. Um, But anyway, it did come up for the first time, Bob, on our podcast or football podcast uh what happened last week i don't know if you caught that but you probably didn't because you don't listen anymore as an act of vengeance so let's listen i bring up the i bring up the throwback podcast with such little frequency on this program that my partner on the show bob is what got so mad about it that he stopped listening to this show to for to get revenge on me yes which was really some Petty stuff. Is that working? Like, does is that form of revenge like in, inflicting you or hurting you? Or do you? It doesn't care hurt not? me at all. I told right. him that, but uh, that was his. It was his way of getting back at me, I guess. But check out the Spicy. throwback pod. Sounds all like you want an excuse music. to stop listening. We don't need you back. <laughs> um, yes, Craig's right. Um, well, it worked. Vengeance was declared. Vengeance was achieved. I got my plug. In the first five minutes of a around the NFL episode, <laughs> game set match perfectly orchestrated by me, the so, puppet but, master. But guess what, you Bob, I never said when in the that episode uh, that conversation took place. Yeah, I know. Which leads me to believe that you actually have been covertly listening to the football podcast, but leading me to believe that you're mm-hmm. not listening, mm-hmm. which is oh, it's like a whole other level. Yep. Of Bob pettiness that I I can't even fathom. Wait, you ready? You ready to get double banged on this yes. one? You ready to take another L in this conversation? I tweeted about this from the throwback <laughs> account, so you care so little that I actually acknowledged that I had already won this victory because I got you to mention it, and you were unaware of it as you try to as you try to bamboozle me in this moment, as you try to have your got you moment. I got you again. I don't know, but I feel like if you really want to look at it that way, perhaps after all of this, the fact that I wasn't even aware of that tweet means the the got you bounced off and reflected back and hit you. I don't know. I don't even you're know. you're listening to the pod. I'm still not paying attention to the throwback podcast on any know. level. I got my plug. I got my plug. Anyway. <laughs> are you happy, though? Did you notice that I, I did plug the show within 
that uh, commentary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You begrudgingly did it. It yeah. happened finally. Only because everybody else was plugging their projects. But just know, just know that if we ever have another catastrophic error, that is the last episode of the show. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But it, well, technically, the previous episode before that happened will be will have been the last episode. Right. So if it's tonight, all of these words that we're saying are only right. for us, and um, we're leaving you with Travis. And there will be no um, refunds on Patreon either. Oh, come on. Yeah. Dude. No, we will. Something. We'll actually. Uh, my my thought is I was going to get some type of uh, '90s type hacker, like a Matthew Lillard type. <laughs> um, to lock in those bank accounts, and we draw them for another like three to five months. You and then fucking, you fucking get Lillard in here for that? I'd embezzle these asses. Oh my god, what Hardcore. a bad guy! What a bad guy all around. No, that 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 is definitely what I would do. If I could get Lillard, I would embezzle. Oh, Lillard would do it without even breaking. Is it sweat. embezzlement? Is that what that is? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm sure Headgum could absorb whatever sort of troubles you get in, so we'll be okay. All right, good. Yeah, so this is Metallica night. We le- Two weeks ago, as Bob said, assuming this podcast goes through in the file transfer, um, we uh, listened to Travis, one of the most, I would say, uh, sweetly na- sweet-natured. Oh, his voice is like an angel. Uh, angelic voice of Fran Healy, uh, gentle melodies that just wash over you um, like a stream on a beautiful spring day. And I can understand that if you're not aware of Travis, and that is a pretty wide uh, cut of at least where we live here in America, um, maybe you were looking for something a little harder. So guess what we did? We went <laughs> and we said, let's talk about the most famous, the most decorated, uh, the most beloved hard rock band of the last of all time. The Counting Crows. Counting Crows, This Desert Life. Oh, that would be such a great fuck you to Metallica fans if we just went into the Counting Crows right now. There's no Metallica fans that listen to the show, though. It's true. Everybody who listened last week that was like, oh, they're doing more, Travis, they stopped listening to us who would have liked Metallica. And now that we're doing Metallica, everybody who <laughs> loves Travis is going to stop listening, too. On balance, Bob, how, how much of your brain power per day goes toward trying to like double cross and undermine and take out other people? Oh, most of my life is just boards upon boards of ways that I can gain an upper hand. I kind of like it. People that have crossed me, people who haven't crossed me, but I think might but cross could me. Cross you. But, yeah. <laughs> Those are the people that probably, if they knew what was going on behind the eyes, they would truly be horrified. Be like, I have a good relationship with this no, guy. Gonna... I feel like I've always been cool with him, <laughs> but like he's been plotting this against yeah, me this well, whole time in well, case I do something. Just in case. I got to be ready. I can't be caught flat-footed because I, I am flat-footed. I'm sorry about that, too. Yeah. So, you know. Got a chip on my shoulder. All right, let's say, let's go back to 9-11. Let's say... Wait, for the Metallica episode, we're going back to 9-11? No, for this uh, preamble ahead of the Metallica episode, but I'm sure there'll be elements of that that roll in. Um, All right, Towers banged in the biggest of all spots. Of course. Uh, You remember there was a very real fear of being drafted? Yeah, Uh, there was... kind of, what is, where there's going to be a military skirmish involved here? Right. Is it going to be an all-out war? Are we going to get our asses drafted? We're in college. Is that going to save our asses? Mm-hmm. Let's say it's like WW2 level American uh, fervor and like everybody wants to go to war. Yeah. Which is something that's hard to even wrap your head around. Mm-hmm. But, um, and maybe we shouldn't um, 
assume that's the way people were in 1941. I know. We've, we've kind of ascribed that to the entire generation, that they were all like loving it. Let's do it. I've never held a gun before. Let me run into care. a field and shoot at people. I yep. don't know. Yep. All right. Let's just say that's the way it was. And it kind of was. A lot of people did want to do that. Of course. And people did do it after 9-11. Yeah. Let's say like we all wanted to do it. Yeah. Would you, or most of us did, would you try to get out of it? And, and would you cite the flat-footedness? Ooh, would yeah. you try to get um, what do they call it? D two. I can't remember what the military term like is. Like my my Trump bone spurs kind of thing. Yes. Like just be able to get out of it. Yes. I've never um, never had much of a desire to go to war, Dan. <laughs> uh, but if there's that fervor, I feel like I wouldn't want to be the only guy to not go. Right. What if we were all going, and we didn't have a choice? Obviously. Right. Um, like you're getting drafted because you're a young, healthy man with uh, great eyesight and <laughs> feet with arches for days. So they need you out there. I have really busty arches. <laughs> you have, <laughs> your foot cleavage is like next level. Um, but would you like if everyone else was going, would you go, hey, by the way, uh, Uncle Sam. She got these bad boys. And you had to take off your Reeboks. He's like, you're wearing Reeboks like 10 years after the pump. Oh, if I got there and they were like, all right, put on your Nike boots. I'd be like, ooh, hand raised. We have a problem here. Uh, no, what I would do is I would get online with you guys. I'm like, yeah, we're fucking doing it. And then I would kind of pull the general aside and be like, hey, what's the deal with flat feet? You know, I'm going to and they'd be like, oh, sorry, guys. They, they won't let me go. But, you know, thinking about you. Going to go fuck your girlfriends. Bye. Oh, something like that. Would do that. Yeah, you probably. bang our girlfriends <laughs> with your flat feet. Oh yeah. All right, that's fine. That's okay. I would understand it. Thank you. Anyway, so now let's spin forward or spin back 10, 10 more years from two thousand one to nineteen ninety one. The Black Album. That means Bob. It's one of those accidental anniversary episodes. Thirty years ago, we've done this. I mean, it almost looks like we're good at planning. We've done this a lot where we hit an anniversary right on the money. Yep, August twelfth. 1991, the Black Album by Metallica that? came out. How about that? And it was a different world at the time. I mean, 30 years ago, different world to the point where when I looked to see like what was happening that month, the first two things that popped up were Hedy Lamar was arrested for shoplifting. Who? Yeah, that sounds like a name from like the 1920s from like a silent film star. Hedy Lamar and Rick James was arrested for sexual torture. Yeah, people kind of forgot about that shit. Yeah, he just became a punchline versus the fact that he was uh, sexually torturing people. If you sexually torture people now, it's very hard um, to come back from that. (laughs) All right, keep going. That's a bold statement, but accurate. But back then it was just like, oh yeah, give it. Give it a couple of weeks. Well, there wasn't a nonstop news cycle where they would just like analyze it and talk about it. Well, it's not just that either. It's also like now, the, listen, there are elements of the way the media operates now and the way we we self-regulate um, on certain levels that really concern me. And we've had many conversations about this, mm-hmm. Bob, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that I think is uh, a sign of progress is if you do some like gnarly shit, like, I don't know, sexually torture someone. Yeah. You don't really get to come back from that. Yeah, that's a good thing. Right? You get, it's like, I don't think, we'll see. Bill Cosby's a, a good test. So Bill Cosby is out of the slammer now mm-hmm. on a technicality, as mm-hmm. I understand. Yep. Uh, does Bill Cosby uh, get to go on a stand-up tour that's highly lucrative? I don't think he does. I think he might. Well, it's a good test. We'll see. He is the test. I know Louis C.K. is touring again. 
Not that he did. But he's kind of touring in shame. Right. Well, he was always touring in shame, but it was a diff- it was a <laughs> self-imposed true. shame. Now it's a different type of shame. But yeah, we'll see. It's kind of a Louis was so great. I know it's a shame that one it's hurt. A shame that he was. Uh, we lost Louis, a monster. We got we lost Louis. But you don't get to come back from it. No. Nope. But Louis' thing was even crazier. Not to go down a wormhole. No, we, but we like, can't go down this wormhole. Uh, but I mean, that no. was a weird one. It, of course, yeah. That, that was like, what is Louis? What what's going on with you? Yeah, like what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you, dude? Darkness. All right. You know where uh, Louis wasn't in 1991? Probably, I assume. One of the 750,000 people attending Paul Simon's free concert in the Central Park in New York City. We talked about this. We talked about it. It's come up. It's just like the the whites of New York. We're so excited. Love Paul Simon. Love Paul Simon. Um, And I think he's like one of those guys. He unites all the whites. All the whites. Of all different Gentiles. All different shades of white. Are kind of into him. Whites uh, from Long Island. Whites from New Jersey. Whites from Connecticut. Right. And you get that... uh, you get that kind of everyone comes together. If you're a white from Park. Delaware, if you're a white in Delaware, you're saying, on the bus. Let's hop on the bus. Like love the whites loved him. And then it's funny. He comes up because he's a, a longtime Yankee fan. Of course, he has the Joe DiMaggio line and uh, Mrs. Robinson. And he was sitting right outside the Yankee dugout. Not like that hack bitch Billy Crystal. Who's I, like, I knew that you were about the fucking uniform. I knew dude. you were about to start attacking Billy Listen, Crystal. Listen, we know you're a Yankee fan. We know you're from New York. Leave him out of this. And it's like you can go to Yankee Stadium and you could throw out the first pitch and you could soak in the applause because you're a Yankee fan and you're a famous uh, comedic actor. But I don't want to see you at Old Timers Day in a Yankee uniform, Billy Crystal. I feel like when you attack Billy Crystal, you're attacking me and my people. I don't know why you would go down that road because it's it's very it's very focused, singularly <laughs> focused on Billy Crystal Crystal showing up at Yankee Stadium for these events in a Yankee uniform. And it's like take off that fucking uniform, Billy Crystal. Maybe he was on the Yankees and you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what he was Paul doing. Paul Simon was sitting next to the Yankee dugout uh two nights ago and he looked like he was approximately seven hundred years old. Yeah. I just want to say that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Time is undefeated. <laughs> and he looked like the Crypt Keeper's brother-in-law. And it was an issue. I could tell you what movies came out the month of uh, the Black Album, but instead I'm going to tell you an album that came out on August 27th, that same month, that changed the game for Metallica and everybody else out there. And that was 10 by Pearl Jam. So interesting, interesting thing about this album. This was a huge album. I mean, it was huge for years to come. Metallica was a huge band in the nineties, but it's interesting that this album came out the same month that grunge was bubbling and about to take over the world. I would say, you know, you mentioned Metallica specifically there. I don't think they were really impacted. I feel like the entire landscape was, and you're right. I think that they were able to ride it, like which is going to be interesting to kind of listen to this and talk about it. They rode the wave, but that wave wiped out many of their peers or people that maybe shouldn't have been their peers that they were already being lumped in with, which yeah. kind of allowed them to sort of rise to the top. We did the 10 album on this podcast, right? It was our 10th episode. I do remember oh, that. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I can make you a fan of this podcast. That's uh, pretty cool little uh, little move there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it feel a little bit of a waste though? Yeah, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Yeah, that's too bad. I thought this song came out um, 
Makes no sense. Maybe somebody should take your microphone. I don't even know. No, not more. You know, we don't we don't talk about this enough, Bob. It's the 20th anniversary of Live Five with Simple Creed featuring Tricky. Like, have we even had one conversation about the 20th anniversary? On mic, no. Off mic, constantly. I don't. I don't even understand how. I don't even track this. How we got here? Pretty good. Oh my god! You think I'm about to fade it out, but I'm not. I'm waiting. I'm like looking at your hands. No, you're not. You're still going. Oh my god, you gotta, good. you gotta stop it at some point. Oh, come on. As the kids say, that slaps a little bit there, Bob. The chorus is pretty good. Why are we still listening to this? We're so close to the end, Bob. <laughs> we are. Alright. Uh, that's not what I meant. I meant we're so close to the end. I'm not going to play the whole thing because that means I could always go back to it and play the whole thing down the line. <laughs> I'm leaving that in my back pocket. Because those are the rules. <laughs> those are the rules of Simple Creed. There are simple <laughs> rules for Simple Creed. Wow. It is the 20th anniversary. It doesn't track on any other level other than uh, it came out 10 years after. Sure. The oh, sure. Album. Why not? <laughs> that wasn't the number one song in America when the Black Album came out, though. This was oh, this fucking piece of shit. Yes. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited. Take me back. This is the worst part of Canada. Take me back to middle school. Look into eyes. You will see what you mean to me. Am I the only one that can only picture Kevin Costner shooting an arrow? Right now? <laughs> it's hard not to. I am not a uh, I don't have a heart of stone Bob. 
this is this is a special ballad. I mean, even your hatred for Brian Adams, which is vast and deep, openly, you know, honestly, it's bottomless. Yeah, but I, Ooh, Brian Adams or Billy Crystal, I can imagine Brian Adams showing up at the Sky Dome in 1989 for the opening of the Sky Dome in Toronto in a full Blue Jays. Uniform. I can totally see that. But and he would make sure it was extra tight because Brian Adams had this thing secretly where he wanted everybody to know how hot he was, <laughs> even though like newsflash, Bry, not hot. Seven. On his best day, a seven. <laughs> On his best day, but he 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 liked to present himself as like the Canada's answer to George Michael, and was like, "Whoa, pump the brakes, Adams." Yeah, check your skin, Adams. Well, you know, why'd you go there? I mean, you're thinking it. We're all thinking it, but you said it. Wow. Um, two things. Number one, I don't know if you remember, but we had to sing this in chorus in the sixth grade. Oh, <laughs> that's so bad. I remember just, you know, everybody had to take chorus, and this was one of the songs we had to do at the recital. And I remember that part right there, like, there, there's no love. That was like really, you know, we like harmonized a bunch of uh, 11 year olds. And uh, horribly, really, I'm sure. Horribly. And you know, like the person behind it, the teacher was probably like a 34-year-old single woman. I think it was either Miss Schwartz or Miss Coniglio. No, oh, you put names on them, so I'm not going to... It could be fans of those women. I don't there remember should, There their... should be. They were they were lovely ladies, Dan. I don't... <laughs> don't know what you were going to say there. My second question, though, was... Was that Ron <laughs> Howard? Bob, I've never heard Bob come to the defense of someone so quickly as they, the two chorus singer they teachers. Never, they, never, they never crossed me. Um... <laughs> Was that Ron Howard in the middle of that song? Are you watching Arrested Development over there? I was, uh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, good call. And Michael realized that he could never turn his brother in. Job, meanwhile, was having a similar epiphany. (laughs) Do it for you. That's your boss. (laughs) <laughs> we did a uh, I don't know if it will have aired by the time this episode comes out we, we did a puppet episode of Lego Masters this season and it just gave me an excuse to talk to him about the Franklin episodes and does the Franklin episode exist on, on TV in oh no and he'll, he'll be the first to say it like there's no way they can get away with what they were doing on Arrested Development with Franklin and it was so fucking funny that is uh, one of my favorite um Whole like storylines of Arrested <laughs> Development. I like there's a part where he pulls up at the Balboa tower, Towers and the uh, uh, security guard's a black man. And you think that it's going to lead to this um, like incident between Job and the security guard. <laughs> but instead, the security guard loves, loves uh, Franklin. Franklin. He just loves him. Hey, Franklin, is that hey, you? Franklin. <laughs> Which I love that as a little oh, twist. So good. All right. Enough of the bullshit. Yep. 
Fucking Brian Adams, his Blue Jays jersey. Speaking of bands, speaking of dudes with bad skin, let's get into fucking Metallica. <laughs> that is true. I mean, uh, yeah. Do has anybody touched these guys in terms of that conversation? <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe Lemmy from Motorhead, and that's it. All right. So, 1991, Metallica broke through in the mainstream with a self-titled album that became known as the Black Album, and the lead single was the entrance music for Mariano Rivera, first and foremost. Most importantly. Of the New York Yankees. But also became their biggest breakthrough on MTV and really the song that they're most known for. So here it is. Enter Sandman. single July 29th 1991 and listen even if you're not a hard rock fan even if you don't identify as a metallic fan you must you cannot deny the greatness of this song oh I fucking love this song (laughs) still I mean it's a song that's been on the radio for the last 30 years it's definitely playing right now on your local rock radio station and there's still something fresh about it. It still it does. sounds, it sounds great. great. I mean, with the possible exception of the spoken word child. Right, prayer. right. We're not there yet. But yeah, yeah. That part <laughs> maybe didn't age as well. But the single reached number 16 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. And um, it really propelled the Black Album to over 30 million copies Holy sold. Shit. Uh, so worldwide. many, so many dirtbags out there <laughs> just excited to fucking buy this thing. Yeah, we we grew up in the era of Metallica, and it really was a window into the soul of uh, many of the the boys in our school. Yeah, I don't know how to put this in a way that doesn't make us sound like elitist douchebags. And after all, we were Counting well, Crows. I was going to say so we la- had our own issues. Our last episode was Travis. They know how we <laughs> felt about the Counting Crows. It's fine. We could say what we said. It just seemed that many of the Metallica fans in our high school were just boneheads that never had a girlfriend or a date. Right. No, they were the ones at the side of Walgreens smoking cigarettes that once it snowed, they would just be throwing snowballs at freshmen. Oh, do, do you want to listen to this part? Yes. I need to decide. I like to find guy. Not so bad. I'm in. I'm in. It's fine. Video's great. 
all I can think of is it's a little boy that's having a nightmare, as I recall. And it, at one point, there's an 18-wheeler chasing him, and it, it, it drives right through his bed. Right. And the kid's there, and then he disappears. It's like a whole thing. A nice job with the video. It's, And I think there was a lot of Metallica fans, uh, the aforementioned boneheads in our high school, that saw this as like a sellout because it wasn't as uh, driving and fast and truly metal as some of the songs that gained their acceptance into uh, like metal lore, but right. fuck it. Uh, people got upset about that shit. This is a great was, song. Things, I mean, look, things were different back then. We didn't have as many things to get upset about. So, you know, selling out was like as bad as it can get. Robert Palmer of Rolling Stone described Enter Sandman as possibly the first metal lullaby. Okay. That's interesting. Sure. You don't like that? Yeah. I mean, I get what he's going for. I don't think you call this a lullaby. What about Blender, Bob? What about Blender? Tim Grierson said that the lyrics juxtapose. What is it? Juxtapose? Yeah, yeah. Childhood bedtime rituals and nightmarish imagery. That's way more in line with what's happening there. And you said it was um, Mariano Rivera's entrance music. I think it was, I remember it was Billy Crystal's music when he would enter the stadium. <laughs> I feel like it was his song, but I could be wrong. Right. I felt like I entered hell every time I saw that the little bitch. The greatest fucking entrance music by which all other at-bat entrance, any sort of sports music needs to be measured next to is that playing to know that the greatest closer of all time is about to come into a game. I, absolutely. Nothing, nothing compares to that. And and Mar- Mariano Rivera uh, from Panama um, had no idea who Metallica was. Right. <laughs> uh, did had never heard the song before. Yeah. Had no. Uh, he had no artistic say in terms of what song was being played. I'm sure he didn't even know or realize it for days, weeks, months, <laughs> maybe years, and for it to be so uh, defined as like when you think of Mariano Rivera, you yeah. think of this riff. Like, and there are a few things like as a sports fan. As a New Yorker sports fan, that were more exciting when that started coming out of those oh, big cause, speakers. Yeah, because that meant you had that meant you were in the ninth inning, you had the lead, and there was already excitement. It was already excitement building, and right. then this guy was going to come in in the playoffs, whatever, and just shut the other team down. And as soon as the opening that riff, which is just such a great riff, yeah, as soon as this came out, the whole crowd started going just nuts. nuts. You didn't have to see him; you just heard that riff. And then he would come through the doors. And I think the other thing I liked that doesn't get as much play is Rivera would jog in. Again, no awareness of this song or what's happening. No, he was asleep, dead asleep five minutes earlier. Right. He famously, didn't even warm up. He would famously fall asleep in the bullpen during games. And uh, this would be playing the entire time he was warming up, too. Yeah. So you would hear it. If you weren't at the game, you were watching on TV. You would hear it right before it went to break. And then you would come back from commercial and he'd be finishing his warm-up pitches and it would be like ripping through the course. Yeah. So cool. So as a sports fan, it's, um, or as a Yankees fan, it is indelible. And as a music fan, listen, I don't think you could deny it. And I would think even, even Metallica fans that thought that Metallica sold out and just wait, guys. Wait, you boneheads, you chuds, until they cut their hair for load <laughs> five years later. Then you can get mad. I bet when they when that song comes on in concert, I can't imagine ever being in a Metallica concert. But if it did, even those chuds would be super pumped. Oh, of course they would be, because that's still the music of their chud youth. 
Ah, my chud youth. All right, here's another big one, Bob. Sad but true. Here's the thing about Metallica songs. They're never in a rush. They got nowhere to be. <laughs> they got no dates. <laughs> They're not... Girls waiting for them. They don't have jobs. They're fine. Take your time. Get into it. Enter Sandman and Sad by True. Both clock in at five and a half minutes. And both were big hits for the band. Here's Sad True. Yep. You know, just still fucking building up. Uh, it just struck me that a Metallica song is going to follow "Sing" by Travis on our throwback podcast. <laughs> hey, I'm your life. I'm the one who cares. Hey, hey, beats Ray. I'm your only true friend now. Hey, hey, beats Ray. I'm forever there. I'm your dream. Make you real. I feel like this is a good, like, if you want to put a Metallica song in a mix for your chud brother-in-law that's coming into town. <laughs> I Maybe Sad But True is like, if you want to, you don't want to put an Outer Sandman on there. A little on the nose. You don't want to put Until It Sleeps off load. Right. Or Fuel, Give Me Fire, Give Me That, which I desire. That's what you do want. That's, that's, I that's know what you want to put on. want to put on. But you can't. You can't put on the song with Marianne Faithful, which is a fucking trip. When you think about what it. What about their cover of Whiskey in a Jar? Very good cover. Great cover. Do we love Metallica? Fuck. <laughs> anyway, but this may be... We are, we, are at the, we are at the right level of attractiveness. That's true. So. It's for fives and down. <laughs> All right, here we go. You want to talk about a monster album, by the way? It passes the test. The true monster albums. There's that fifth single. Yeah. And then you look at the, the dates that span the releases, and you're like, holy shit, they were milking this bad boy. Enter Sandman was released summer of 1991. Sad But True was released February 1993. Goddamn. The first single is Enter Sandman, the fifth and final single is Sad But True. Can you name anybody in Metallica other than James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich? Kirk Hammett. I could name uh, I, fuck, I could probably name Come on Think back to that Behind Cliff. the music Cliff Cliff Come on Behind the music Cliff <laughs> Come on You got it You're not giving me Cliff I know You gotta get the last name Clifford Oh no Now you're losing it <laughs> Cliff I can't get it Cliff Burton Burton And I didn't look But he's dead I know Yeah He was the bus guy I know Metallica, we'll get into it later. Yeah, I mean, you want to like talk about some bad, a bad break. Right. Burton is on a fucking tour bus, just achieving great fame and all his rock dreams. Everyone else on the bus lives, as I recall from the Behind the Music episode I watched 18 years ago. Yeah. His ass gets thrown out the window, Bob. Yep. And I believe the bus, the bus rolls, rolls, over. rolls over him, yeah. That's that is some final destination shit, Bob. Yeah, that's terrible. And then uh, the 
the band member that replaced him. I can't remember his name. But they hazed Jason Newstead. Newstead. They hazed the fuck out of him. Right. To the point where they needed to. They like therapist. made him drink until they had to do like CPR to bring him back to life every day. Right. They treated him like shit. They treated him like, like a dog. Shit. Yeah. Because they're like, you're replacing our dead friend. Fuck you. And the guy's like, I'm trying to just be in the band, guys. I'm here to help. And the, those guys were such dicks. Like, we talk about the chuds from our high school that were fans of Metallica. <laughs> Like, they were the ultimate chuds. They were like the chud originators. Yeah. I mean, in high school, we called the them... The prototype. Sk- right. We called them skids in high school. Right. Yeah. But I like chuds better for now. You know, I, I agree with you about the um, the skids element, hanging outside Walgreens, pelting the kid, freshmen with snowballs. And absolutely. Those guys all love Metallica. Absolutely f- fans of the rock band Metallica. But I'm also thinking of the upperclassmen on the baseball team. Yeah. For sure. And he's kind of keeps to himself and he's not friendly, but he's not necessarily menacing either. Smokes cigarettes, but does it alone. Right. Yeah. That guy loves Metallica. Yeah, that guy loves Metallica. It's pretty good, Bob. I liked it. Got to be in the right headspace. For a couple of like um, Counting Crows fanatics. <laughs> fanatics. <laughs> Especially, you know, in the 93, 94. Yeah. You got to catch, you got to catch us on the right day with this Metallica stuff. <laughs> it's true. All right. So far we are, we're in a good place here, Bob. We are. And our Sandman. Put it in my veins. Yes. Sad but true. Put that on the playlist. Oh, wow. Well, like when my brother-in-law comes. Yes. Okay, no, I get that. That's good. Not your... Any, Not my any, real brother-in-law. Any brother-in-law. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. My real brother-in-law, Keith, great guy. Big fan of Bush. I mean, who isn't? Who doesn't love Gavin Rossdale in the 90s? I don't know who doesn't or, love Gavin, Gavin Rossdale Or does he 90s. love, like, still? Like, is he still following Bush? He is an active Bush fan. The way that I'm like an active Wallflowers fan in 2021, is he an active Bush fan in 2021? We can't go down to Wallflowers tangent uh, li- during the Metallica Black episode. I know we can, can't but do I, it. I would love to. But I, I, I tried it. it. You you were huge on the new Wallflowers album. I checked it out. And it's I was really like, good. It's really good. It's like, this does sound like the Wallflowers, only 50% worse. No, it's great. It's so good. <laughs> All right, here's Holier Than Thou. All right, a good gauge, by the way, Bob, of whether a song is essential or not on a big-time famous album. And when you sell 30 million copies, it counts as a big-time famous well, album. Yeah, of course. Nobody could argue that. Uh, I think eight of the 12 tracks on the Black Album have their own Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. Tough sitch for Holier Than Now because the two tracks in front of it and the three behind it all get their own page. Ooh, HTT doesn't get it. I'm enjoying it. It is the shortest song on the album at 3:47. I like that. Short at 3:47. Yeah, yeah. This is basically yesterday for Metallica. 
when we go see them in concert, I feel like I'm really going to rock out to Holier Than Thou. Did you watch the documentary about their falling out and then going into therapy? Yes, yeah, some, kind, some kind of monster. I did. Did you watch it? I did. I kind of wanted to watch it, um, but then I heard it was so cringy and painful um, that I guess it kind of scared me off. Mm-hmm. And since I didn't know the band enough, I did. I chose not to go down that route. Is that something worth digging in on? Well, this was many, many years ago, uh, back when Metallica kind of, kind of crossed me. Not them personally, but I was Metallica adjacent crossed around that time. Because they crossed me, of course, with the whole Napster debacle. Of course. Downloading Fuel. Yeah, Lars Got me kicked off Napster. Yes. The only Metallica song I downloaded. That's it. Yep. Nothing else. Nothing off the Black Album. I just <laughs> wanted Fuel. <laughs> give me Fuel, give me Fire. And they deleted me off Napster. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a legit cross. They really crossed you. Like it's you're actually showing what a big man you are today that you're listening to this album. Fucking assholes. Oh, there we go. There's that anger. There's that. Anyway, rage. how did they cross you? I was one of my first jobs at MTV is, uh, you know, when you start out, you're just like you're going from gig to gig and you're just like trying to get hired from one show to another. So I started out doing like a diary or a ultra. It was called ultrasound like that series. And I end up getting hired on a show called uh, MTV Icon. Metallica. Oh, I do kind of remember where this. they were going to do this big, like big, like award to give Metallica the Icon Award, and I was going to be one of the PAs on the show. Oh, that's awesome! So I started working on it, and I was on it for like a few weeks, and I'm like watching things like some kind of monster, or like interviews with a therapist, like behind the scenes stuff, like all of this MTV stuff, and I'm there for a few weeks, and one day I get called into my boss's office, and she says, "So listen." We have a little problem. You're doing a great job. You're doing really great. However, we realized we kind of screwed up the budget. We only have enough money for two PAs and we hired three of you. So, (laughs) so we put your names in a hat. No. And unfortunately, like Friday has to be your last day. How come you couldn't separate yourself from those two other guys? We were all doing great. We're all doing a great job. How come you couldn't do better to take your name out of that hat? Oh, they had to do something. They had to do it a fair way. So how is this Metallica's fault? I guess is my follow-up to that. Uh, I, and it sucks. That's shitty. I I committed, you know, weeks of my life to uh, listening to Metallica and watching m- movies about Metallica. And then it was all for naught. Sad but true. Did you, did you get... You got paid until that point, though. Yeah, yeah. I was working until that point. And then unemployment line. Tough sitch. Unforgiven. This is the unforgiven? This is the unforgiven. Not pa- forgiven. Is Not this forgiven. a power ballad to you? I wouldn't call it's this a label power ballad. one. Really? But by Metallica standards, I, I guess I could see that. Well, if the first song was a fucking lullaby, then yeah, you might as well call this a power ballad. What, what do words even mean anymore? <laughs> That's on your radar. Never stand doing what I've shown. Never free. Never me. So I don't be Now, it's interesting... 
Do you remember the Unforgiven Two? The the uh, Kevin Costner movie? <laughs> no, it was a sequel to this that was on Reload. I don't remember. And that. I believe it was a single. Really, I'd have no memory of that. I think it is. And then, uh, and nobody's expected to know this: the Unforgiven Three came out on the album Death Magnetic, which oh, I don't love that album. I don't know. I <laughs> love it. It's one of my favorites. That. Could... Oh wait, I was thinking of This Desert Life. <laughs> Death Magnetic. It's a different sounding one. Yeah, I don't know what it says. I don't know what it says about me that I only connect with Load and Reload, which all the Metallica fans hate. Hate so much. (laughs) You only like them once they had hair similar to yours. That's it. They needed to get the haircuts. Bigger haircut in the 90s. James Hetfield or Felicity? Oh, in terms of... uh, Losing fans. Buzz. Buzz. Everything, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is a ridiculous question. Um, <laughs> I'm really just trying to make sure that if you were born outside of 1980, you have no reference points. Yeah. No, well, Felicity's, they really, they blame the decline of the show ratings-wise on that. Yeah. Um, whereas with Hetfield, I feel like all those chuds got over it. No, the chuds were so pissed. It was, they were angry about that. They were angry, but I think they got over it. <laughs> I think they're still angry. But they were, it was seriously a big story. And I always thought it was kind of cute that they all got haircuts. At the same time. Yeah. They debuted the haircuts. Um, <laughs> there's a, uh, a funny, on the hyper underrated comedy special from Adam Sandler from two years ago. 100% fresh. really liked. So all funny. Um, he has, one of the jokes that I like a lot, he's talking about his father. And he said the... Uh, the only time that his father, who was, I guess, a gruff kind of guy's guy, old school um, of a different era type dude, didn't show emotions or anything, said the only time his father ever uh, expressed any type of vulnerability uh, is when he would shave his beard yes. and he would come out of the bathroom and be a little bit uncertain about mm. how it would be received. And he just felt he looked... Like he wasn't coming from a place of like uh, John yeah, Wayne very, type, very timid, looking around for approval. Um, that imagine when they stepped out of their hair salon and they had their big press conference to announce load. Like they must have been so self conscious. Oh, that's so cute. You're right. It's the cutest. <laughs> they're, they're handsome little haircuts. Oh, look at us. We got our little haircuts. We got our little today. alternative rock haircuts. We all look <laughs> like the band Sponge now. <laughs> this is the Unforgiven Two, by the way. I'm just curious what because I. I think it was a big hit. Wait, is it the same chord progression? What the fuck do I know? Alright, I tried. Yeah, you did your best. That was really a bridge too far for you, though. That was not not necessary. The the bridge just completely collapsed beneath me. Uh, love reload so much. I mean, c- can we just play this over and over again? Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. <laughs> no, no, turn it off. We don't want Lars. We don't want fuel, Lars ending the podcast. Give me that, which I desire. that is a pretty cool way to open an album. It's pretty great. Yeah, like if this would be like a closer's entrance song, that would be kind of cool too. Especially now that some time has passed. Or is it too Chud like ultimately? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let's get back to it. Focus up, Bob. Yeah. Well, I was going to, I, I want to put a ribbon on the uh, 
or a bow, whatever you want to put on it, on the uh, My Name in a Hat story. Oh, uh, yeah. Because of that, a couple of weeks later, or like a week <sighs> later, I got a job at VH1, and that's what led to me working at Best Week Ever, ultimately. So it all worked uh, out. One of those things. It all worked out. Had they not picked my name out of the hat, I would Aren't have been those on, things the best? I would have been on MTV Icon Metallica for a year, and who knows what would have happened. So how much how much of your gig was actually lost? You were uh, working on it for how long? I was probably on it for like two or three weeks, and it was probably a gig that would have gone for another two or three months. Not Metallica's fault, though. I know. Not at all. Oh, this one's good, Bob. Yeah. What the this fuck one, is up with these guys? This one was on K-Rock a lot. Uh, this song is, I think it might be... It is the longest song, Bob, on a very long album, clocking in at 644, Wherever I May Roam. Do you think we should have had, like, a Metallica phase? Should we have dove in? Like, maybe... Between recovering the satellites uh, and this desert life, like during like a Counting Crows hiatus in their uh, recording well, uh, schedule, obviously, if we would have just took a quick little detour into Metallica land for like eighteen months, does that mean during that time we're not listening to the Wallflowers, we're avoiding the yes. Third Eye Blinds, we're kind of staying away from Matchbox Twenty, Cracker? Like whatever is kind Crack. of coming out. Like we're kind of avoiding all of that for this. Like that'd be that's a big ask. No lemon heads. You're saying like that's a no lemon heads, Bob. We're not fucking oof. going near the lemon heads. Okay, Bob. but we're but we're into Metallica the whole time. We're all in. We're oh. we're actually investigating the back catalog, Bob. Oh shit. We're like, oh, let's go check in on the uh, album that had the tour T-shirt with the brain being ripped out of the yeah, skull. Yeah, that one. That one. Something to think about. I am thinking about it. You're big on time travel. The idea of it being a possibility. It's a very fascinating thing to think about. <laughs> Do people know that you're into time travel? <laughs> I don't think travel? we've ever talked about that. Bob is like legitimately into time travel. <laughs> think about that. Another great riff, kind of similar to um, Enter Sandman's riff, but that's cool. That's fine. Might as well get as much usage out of that as possible. For sure. The fourth single reached number 82 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts, which surprises me. Uh, 25 on the album Rock chart, so really didn't do anything. Um, It was a hit overseas in Denmark, Finland, and Norway. But you're right, Bob. That's a song, the brother-in-law playlist. This is another one. Yeah, I don't love this one so much. I feel oh, like you're not this, into it? This is one I've never kind of... A little bit of retread? ...taken to, yeah. So anyway, we get into Metallica. We get the t-shirts. That's the key to this. You can't be a Metallica fan without a Metallica t-shirt. But we don't get the load t-shirt. We don't well, get the reload obvi- shirt. No way. No, no, no. But we're also not purists. We're not snobbish about it. Like, we like the load reload era, but... 
Injustice for All. That's what we're that, really well, yeah, about. Yeah, you have to get Injustice for All. Yeah. That's what we're going for. Okay. What's the other one? Isn't there an uh, electric chair one? T-shirt? Like yeah. Like cool kids in our elementary school had Metallica shirts. Yes. How did they get them? Who got them for them? I don't know. I still remember uh, the coolest they kid. They were nine. I still remember the coolest kid in our elementary school, uh, Brian McLaughlin, of course. Of course. Obviously. Everybody knows Everybody that. Everybody knows it's Brian McLaughlin. Yep. Uh, one day, like him and a couple of other kids, they were like, hey, do you like do you like Metallica? I was like, yeah. And they were like, do you like Cinderella? And I was like, Uh-oh. is this a Be trap? Careful. I was like, yeah, is this a careful. trap? Is this a band? Or are they trying to get me to say I like the Disney movie Cinderella? And then Ooh. they're going to know that I'm a wuss. Uh-huh. So I just shit myself and ran away. <laughs> I had a similar thing. I was at like a, a basketball camp. Probably would have been 11 at the time. And um, it was a bunch of boys. We were all sitting in the, the high school gym. And uh, someone made a joke about 69. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. But everyone laughed about it. And I laughed along too. And then... One of the kids in our class, class Jimmy Drevis, mm-hmm. um, he leaned into me, and I think he picked up on the vibe that I was only laughing along. He's like, "You know what '69 is," and I, um, I just was like, "I'm not going to give in," because I think the reason why it was being laughed about is I think they were making fun of a kid for not knowing what it was. Oh yeah, then he got a. So he was like, "Do you know what it is?" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, of course." <laughs> and he kind of gave me this look, almost like a knowing look. But because me and Jimmy Drevis were always on good terms, yeah. he let it go. Oh, good guy. He let it slide. Good guy. <laughs> Could have been bad. Um, but that's similar situation. Yeah, there were a lot of those moments as a kid. Landmines everywhere. Everywhere. Do you ever think about, because we both have two boys, isn't it a little bit terrifying is a strong word, but... Um, it brings a level of anxiety knowing that your kids are about to go through all that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. How, how, I mean, it's, it's just such a gauntlet childhood boyhood. Yeah. And for us now on the other side as a parent, it's that line of like, what, what is okay for them to know? Like that you could tell them and what do you just kind of have to play dumb on and let them figure out themselves because right. you can't leave them completely ill-equipped for those potential moments. But you also don't want to overload them with information. And then they're like, wait, what the fuck's happening out there? What does I, that mean? I almost feel like you can't really tell them anything. I mean, what all the stuff that they need to learn is stuff that they just got to learn. Like, I guess. Like, what What are you, cite an example of what, how you would prepare. Oh, well, recently, uh, my nine-year-old, about to be 10, asked me what a strip club was. Because he heard it in a rap song. He said, what's a strip club? And I just looked at him stone-faced. And I was like, I have no idea. What are you talking about? And he was like, strip club. And I'm like, I don't know. There's all kinds of clubs. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Like, where, where do you hear that, Dean? Where, where do you hear that word? He's like, oh, it's in the, uh, the Doja Cat song or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of types of clubs. I don't know. Strip steak is a type of steak. Maybe it's like a steakhouse. I don't know. And then I uh, walked away and I told his mother... And uh, Heather was like, I said the exact same thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. So so now he's going to be. So, that, so that's an example. I like that he, Dean 
asked his mom. What's a strip club? Yeah. Right. So that's an example, though, of uh, me not being honest in the moment. And now, if he's hanging around a bunch of 11-year-old, 10-year-old kids... You set him up for disaster. I set him up for disaster. So is that bad parenting? Or is it good parenting for me not to blow his mind and be like, there's clubs where women get butt naked? All right, I think you blew it as a dad, and I'll tell you why. Please. I think you could have given him the gist without it getting too in the weeds. Like, oh, it's it's kind of it's like a uh, dance club where there's like a lot of pretty girls dancing. Everything is very touch and go right now, as far as like even the pretty girls dancing thing. I think would have raised a flag at this point for him. But you're right; that's right. probably the better thing than saying it's a fucking steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not the best way to go with because it. Because what, what the path you set him down now is the Jimmy Dreamer 69 wrong. thing. Right, right. Where they he gets laughed at for that. So that it's not too late to rectify it though. Let's uh Maybe it doesn't have to be pretty ladies dancing either, but it's like it's like a dance club and the girls dance on a stage. Uh yeah. But he's asking what a strip club is. I know. So it's like the, you've already crossed the Rubicon here. Yeah, but there's no context in that song. So it's just, you know, we're, we're friends and we hang out at a strip club eating quality steak. A lot of strip clubs do have great steak, Dad. I don't know if you know this. I don't. I don't claim to be a, uh, a strip club like snob. I'm, I'm not above it all. But uh, I can honestly say I've never had I've, food in a strip club. I've never had food in a strip club either. But I feel like if you did... All right, as an example, there's yeah, a yeah. great... Um, steakhouse in Manhattan called the Strip House. Totally. Okay. Maybe Great. that's what Doja Cat was singing about. It's old school vibe. It's bathed in red light. There's all a bunch of like old time Hollywood celebrities and things of that nature on the wall. What if you actually did open a business that had steak of that quality and tits ass and puss? I feel like Every dude that listens to this album has had that exact same thought. I feel like this album is turning you into a guy that thought that that was an original thought. <laughs> You're telling me Metallica fans have had the conversation, what if we made a legitimate dude. high-end steakhouse we first? Do, yeah, we do it like a fucking with outback. Exotic dance. It's like an outback, but with titties, bro. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, I'm above them. I'm above those shots. Okay. I'm talking an elite... <laughs> I know what you're talking In about. Is this the same song? Steakhouse. No, it's not. <laughs> How many songs are we listening to? <laughs> this Don't Tread on Me is now gone into Through the Never. Got it. Um, elite Steakhouse. <laughs> okay. You're elite, still telling me. Elite Babes. Got, well, Elite, of course. And and this is important. The clientele, it can't be the sleazy loners, the uh, Timothy McVeigh types, um, the... Uh, lonely uncles we cannot let them in it has to be a kind of high class clientele how do you keep lonely uncles out can't come in there's a bouncer is there a sign that says no lonely uncles I think once the word gets out what who's allowed to get into the club the lonely uncles be like oh I gotta go to the uh, the place that has the right. shrimp cocktail brunch or whatever right you need to have a certain amount of facial hair, but not too much. Where it's you can't have a wispy mustache, but you can have a full mustache. You can have a beard, but you can't have a long beard. It's or a like, neck beard. Or a neck beard. Yeah. It's very specific. And also, I think just to this will help too. You can't come in alone. Right, because you wouldn't go to a fancy steakhouse alone. 
Right. right. You would have to come with a group of upstanding men. You got to wear a college shirt. Okay. Khakis. Right. Timberlands. Cargo jeans. Cargo jeans are accepted. Oh, big mistake. That's where everything falls so hard. <laughs> All right. Up next. Now, this is a power ballad. I wasn't on board with calling um, The Unforgiven right. a power ballad, but to me, this is the Metallica power ballad. Yeah, I'll give you that. Nothing else matters. And I remember this distinctly being on loop on MTV back in the day. Yes. It even opens with some type of... Uh, you're in like the recording studio, and the camera's like, uh, I don't know, you're the like strobing. It's like, it's like a, a strobe effect, or almost like a blur to it. Uh-huh. And that's how the video opens. All right, let's get into it. Nothing else matters. Guitar Hero rock band era of dudedom. Yes, I know it well. We we might have been like the uh, forebearers on some level. Like nobody rocked out on rock band like us I, in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, on a high class sound system. Yeah, with a big screen TV. We thought we were the shit. We were. <clears throat> in that in that moment, we were kings. Truly. Truly. Um, we had the four the full four piece band. Of course, we we did. practiced. Really like bad. When you were alone, you would just practice a little bit. Yeah. So we actually, we had our friend Mike Circlin who um, struggled so much on the bass that we would force him to work on it. Yeah. And we would like get... leave, leave him alone in the living room during the day and be right. like, we'll, well be back Well, is one of those guys like you would come back to your house and you'd find Circlin in your house. And right. Nobody knew how he got in or if in? he had ever left. Did somebody give him a key? No, he was just, was, he was he just, just there the whole time. Like, right. And he would just be playing rock and trying to get better on bass. Yeah. Anyway, good. good persistence. So now it's gone. Guitar Hero, Rock Band, that's all came and went. And uh, I say that because in the opening graph on Wikipedia, for nothing else matters, it gets into its chart, chart performance and all that. And then uh, randomly, the second to last sentence, Nothing Else Matters was featured as a playable track in the music video game Guitar Hero Metallica. Because that means something. I think it might be time to pull that. I think so. From the first graph. Yeah, it's a forgotten part of history. It's gone already. And I understand why maybe 12 years ago, that's something that maybe gets into the opening blurb. Yeah. There was, I saw somebody had a tweet somewhat recently where it was like every screenwriter, every male screenwriter in the uh, late aughts was so positive that Rock Band and Guitar Hero would be around forever. They included it in every movie. 
And I think it was in Flock of Dudes at some point, right? I don't think it ever was somehow. We Are you sure? Of, I'm pretty positive. Oh, really? Yeah, somehow we missed that. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why it's only available in New Zealand. But it is available. It is available somewhere in this world. But also it's streaming. It platforms. streams. Yeah, it streams. But how many think physical. how many people do you think have watched it through this podcast? At least dozens. <laughs> At least dozens is a very strange turn of phrase. <laughs> and I find it new. Every day for us something new. Now, well, now, like, the honesty, like, this song never really did anything for me. All I remember about this song is, like, waiting for it to be over so the B-Girl video can come on. <laughs> That's all I wanted was just get them get them off TV so I could watch Alicia Silverstone and crying. Please. But this did share airspace with um, Nirvana at the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. This would come on right before Come As You Are or Lithium or Smells Like Teen Spirit. And... Uh, it didn't seem like it was out of place. That's why it's like, not that Metallica was the opposite of hair metal, which is ironic because then people became obsessed, obsessed with, their with hair. Obsessed with their hair, right. But uh, no one ever worried about like Metallica being wiped away, which leads me to my point with that. Like, The bands that got wiped away by grunge, quote unquote, sucked. Were disposable. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why they disappeared. Yeah. And the bands that survived from the 80s into the 90s did because they, yes, they continued to put out good music or they updated their sound to, like, not be forgotten. But most of the bands, like, you, there are not too many bands that stick out to me that's like, oh, yeah, too bad Nirvana came around because they had a lot of great music to share with us still. Right. They weren't done yet. We could have had know. another three extreme albums. I don't know why In Excess didn't make it in the 90s. I know. That's the one, as you were saying, and that was the one band I was that's thinking about of. that? Their sound was built for the 90s. Um, is this what Chuds make love to? Is this on the, Is this on their Chud sleep sex mix? Chuds don't make love. Chuds fuck. But every, but every so often, right? Like, there has to be a situation where a Chud wants to make sweet love. They're not putting on Brian Adams. Well, you got to think about a Chud, like his situation, because <laughs> because Chuds, uh-huh. there are no female Metallica fans. Let's never. start there. <laughs> There's never been It's one. never happened. It will never happen. And if you say that no. it has happened, you're lying. You're a liar. And, and there's if, no need to lie. And here's the thing. If you're a dude Metallica fan with like long, straight, blonde hair and you go to a Metallica concert, right. you, you, will be, yeah. you will be checked out by other dudes all night <laughs> with the hopeful eyes that it's a woman, but it's not. Right, and when they realize that you're not, they will punch you in the jaw. And call you or... <laughs> and say, use a word you can't use anymore. <laughs> they will break your orbital socket for, for no other crime than getting their hopes up that you were a girl who liked Metallica. <laughs> they were chud traps. And they would definitely say a word that you can't say anymore. Um, that Matt Damon just stopped saying. Finally. <laughs> finally. Matt. Matt Damon's spin on that. <laughs> that was the greatest. Was the best. That was the greatest <laughs> week of news ever. Matt Damon's spin spin out of that was outrageous. <laughs> His spin into it was outrageous. Like who who does that? 
He, he was saying the if, F if, word. If you don't know what we're talking about, Google yeah. it. Matt Damon. Well, real quick, just because it's so crazy, I want to like talk it out with you real quick. I know, we have to talk it out. Matt Damon <laughs> goes on a does an interview where he says, hey, listen, things have changed. And Matt Damon grew up in New England in the 80s, so I believe everything oh, he's yeah, saying. Oh, okay? yeah, for sure. Listen, we grew up in New York in the 80s, and it's kind of the same shit. Yeah. He said the F word, the, you know. The, not fuck, the other one. Not yeah, the negative pejorative term for homosexuals was a um, something that he said so much growing up or was so out there all the time. Uh, and he didn't really even realize the power of the word, the negative connotations, until he said it at dinner somewhat recently. And his daughter put him on blast. Well, he was like, I said it at dinner and uh, my <laughs> daughter, you know, wrote down like a kind of treatise type thing to like explain to me why it right, was she hurtful. She excused herself from the table she and went and wrote a table, note. Went and wrote a note, gave it back to me. And that's when, you know, it really hit me. So I haven't used that word in weeks. <laughs> it was like, like Matt, what are we doing here? <laughs> no, no. And then he also said, he, he said, um, he mentioned a movie he did in 2003. Stuck on you. He's like, oh yeah, I said it in that movie. It's like, so? That was 18 <laughs> years ago. And then of course, then it becomes a big story. And then he comes back, he says, Actually, what I said was... Right, 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 right. The way it actually happened. <laughs> it's like, Matt, what are we doing oh here? Oh, my God. The How most, do we get here? The most avoidable <laughs> bullshitty scandal ever. But the truth is, is that he, he admitted that he's just dropping the F-bomb in his house in 2021. Still. As a super, like, progressive, woke Hollywood celebrity. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, what just happened here? <laughs> that was not needed, Matt. Ugh. So. Oh, I just love that story. I'm with I you. Know. That's my one of my favorite stories. It's the best story of 2021. <laughs> In terms of like, unnecessary. Can you imagine his publicist? Like he sees his phone and it's his publicist, <laughs> and he knows he yeah, knows he fucked happened. up. I must have said something. And she's like, "What in the fuck? Why would you even <laughs> bring this up in the first place?" At what point in that story did you think this is a fun thing to share? Maybe it was, maybe in his mind, ultimately, it was like, this will make my daughter look good. Yeah. She wrote the note, which she probably never wrote, because that well, probably it, never happened either. Right, that definitely never happened. But it was, <laughs> it was really like, Dad, you can't he say that. Two sons. It was just like, hey, Dad, you can't say that word anymore, dude. Yeah. Right, she quietly excused herself from the table and then wrote an essay and delivered it to him on a velvet pillow. And it taught him all the wrongs. And then Matt Damon was like, "What? Robbie Williams said it in that song where he said he wakes up every morning with a with like a mouthful of full of them." Like, no, Matt, that's not. That's different. That means cigarette over there. Here's a woman, man. All right. Well, I'm close to my fill. Yeah, I think we're hitting it. I'm uh, I'm fully loaded. Yep. Reloaded. Yep. Of Wolf and Man. But, you know, what do you think Affleck? You think Affleck gave him a call? He's like, dude. I mean, and this is coming from me. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm going to say the word to you while telling you not to talk about saying the word. Without even knowing that that's what I'm just doing. I'm literally the biggest fuck up you know. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you're an idiot. Yeah. Stop talking. <laughs> Imagine Matt Damon was a huge fan of our podcast. He'd be so hurt right now. He's so hurt. Sorry, Matt. Matt. Hey, man. I know it was the times. They were different. Am I right? <laughs> you know you are. 
the daughter of the hero. Yeah. She's gotta go. She's going up to her room, her giant room in Bel Air. Yeah. Her giant mansion. She took the elevator upstairs. <laughs> and she had one of their assistants write a letter to Matt. Started out by saying, Dear Dad. <laughs> this is, oh wow, this is good. The God That Failed. <laughs> Pretty good song title. It's interesting, like, listening to this album, obviously, for the first time in full, uh, after joking about all the pussy music we listened to in the 90s, mm-hmm. like, I did seek out, you know, as searching for an identity, I did seek out music like this, but never Metallica. Like, and it never really stuck, but, like, I owned a Type O Negative CD, which is, like, like... I don't even know how to describe it in comparison to this, but it's not as good as this. But I was right. like, oh, maybe this will be what I like. And uh, I had one Megadeth CD, but I only got it because I like the uh, album cover of the little babies being hung up was on that the a gift or clothesline. Yeah, my friend Kevin got that it. That doesn't like, count. Doesn't count. And uh, Monster Magnet CD. Remember Monster Magnet? Yeah. Yeah, they were cool. Why did you buy any of those? Because you know you don't like that shit. I don't know. I think I wanted to like it, and maybe I liked one or two songs. Except for the one with the album cover with the little babies hanging up. That was, you know, gift given to me. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, but I never wanted to like Metallica. I always, I felt kind of comfortable, like, in my skin in terms of metal music or hard rock. The songs on the radio that I liked, I liked. But at no point did I ever feel like I want to investigate and, and kind of try these clothes on for a size. I guess I never, it never tempted me on any level mm-hmm. beyond, like... Like, I like um, Cult of Personality by Living Color. Right. That's great, like, hard rock metal song. and uh, But it's never like, I need to go listen to that album. Maybe I, maybe I should have, but I didn't. Right. You know? I still never have. Maybe I will. Probably not. Not too late. It's not too late. What's going on with your band, by the way? It's too late. Oh, no. COVID really fucked us, dude. You know what we are? We were, like, about to be the next big thing, and then we got covid yeah, but that didn't stop you from... You had that guitar in your... Uh... No, I know, but it was COVID. It's like it just... Remember Ooh, Quibi? Know, remember Quibi where it was like this big Hollywood experiment and then like it failed pretty quickly and then Jeffrey Katzenberg was like, yeah, like we would have been a success, but COVID? That's a good way to bail, yeah. Same thing, with, same thing with the dad bods. So formally, we're not like officially... Well, we were never... Who officially. was in the dad bods? It was, it, was, it was just me. It was kind of like the Foo Fighters being just April originally. Mm. So it was just me. But um, I'm not saying that it's like done, but it's also never started. So I guess it's kind of done. So here's an issue. Because of COVID. Here's the thing. In real music, in reality, COVID obviously knocked live music out of the world. You're telling telling me. (laughs) But what happened, a lot of these artists, given all this time at home, retreated into their own bunkers, if you will. Yeah. And um, they were more musical than ever. No, we were. Why weren't you, Bob? Quibby. Just look it up. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, Quibby. It's the Quibby defense. 
I gotta say I'm a little disappointed about it because I thought I know, for a moment, I know, me too. I actually thought for a moment this was gonna be something you followed up on. No, me too. So did I. So did everybody. Because you seemed serious about it. I was. I, I have to say though, I think as a penalty, I know you've had the guitar on display in your living room. No, it's it's been put away. Okay. For a while. I was yeah. gonna say if you're actively practicing with it, then it deserved to be there. It can be there. If it if it becomes set dressing, yeah. It it's almost becomes a like a monument to failure. Now I don't I don't want to get your hopes up. The the guitar has been put away, but it, during during COVID, uh, we did get a piano. Oh no! And I have uh, no, no, no 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 no. I've been working a little bit on the piano. No 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 no. Yep. No, no, no. I mean we got it for the kids, but I feel like I'm the one that's really going to take to it ultimately. Oh, I'm picturing like. And the dad bods might end up being more of like a Ben Folsey type mentor. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this just took an even worse turn. I'm picturing. Don't Heather. blame me. Blame COVID nineteen. Heather's got the kids running around going crazy. She's doing the laundry. She's got the. She's got to take care of something in the kitchen. She's got to take out the garbage, and she's like, "Where's Bob?" And Bob is just like noodling on a fucking keyboard in the it's living room. Not a room. keyboard. It's a piano. <laughs> you don't have a piano. Well, it's like an electric piano, but it's a piano. It's, it's not like, a keyboard. And it's like she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to engage with you and create an issue. But she's just like, that motherfucker on that piano. I knew he was going to pull this shit. Oh, my God. What the fuck? And then I'm just like. And then you're like, you you snap at her. I'm working on my art. (laughs) I mean, I love this picture. I love this revolutionary road version of me playing the piano. In reality, what happens is after the kids to bed, I get stoned and put on headphones that plug into the piano. And then try to play Still Dre by watching YouTube tutorials. Wait a tutorial. second. That's watching, such an easy song. By watching it? YouTube tutorials. It's not just ding, 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 oh, ding, no, ding, no, no. ding, ding, ding. Not if you want to play it the right way. <laughs> That's the reality of what's happening with this piano. Wow. So there's good things coming, people. Wait, but well, how, how are we doing on the Still Dre? I forgot. Like, I, rem- I, I could do it a little bit, and then I forgot all of the... Uh, the keys. <laughs> oh, is it hard? Yeah. All right. But here's the thing. It's not as cool, you know? Well, tell that to Ben Folds. I probably could. I could probably <laughs> look him up in the phone book right now. <laughs> find Folds and, and do it. Remember how cool it was, though, in high school when that one kid who nobody liked was able to sit down to the piano and play right here by Van Halen? That, oh. could, that could be me. Nobody liked that kid. Nobody liked him, but when he was playing right now. That was here, his big moment. When he was playing right now, everybody liked him. And then he stopped playing and he was a douche. Is this still dry? Wait for it. Hmm. This is pretty tough. Well, this I'm not playing this part. Hold on. This is the, I'm nowhere Forget this It's pretty fucking good This is great It's the best thing You've heard tonight and Here it comes <laughs> Fucking awesome This is incredible This is not the song though Is it? Maybe it's coming in right now. I'm waiting now. to see if it comes in. This could be the build-up. 
Yes! <laughs> yes! Fuck yeah! <laughs> Alright, I gotta give this guy a plug. <laughs> Musical Basic Basics Covers. Look it up. This has over 12 million views, by the way. I'm like, I'm like 11 of them. Last May. So this is what you're trying to learn. Yeah, stuff like this. It's going to take work, Bob. I know, it's tough. My brain doesn't work like this. Okay. I just want, can we wrap it up so I can watch this video? <laughs> I um, It is a regret of mine, actually. My great-grandmother, who lived downstairs from my grandmother had a piano and they tried to do the thing when I was six or seven. Yeah. Go learn piano. Right, right. Your, your great grandmother will teach you how to play piano. Go. Yep. And I was like, no, I'm going to fucking play wiffle ball and then jump in the pool. And learn nothing from I'm it. I'm going to walk up to 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee and Bazooka Joe gum, play an hour and a half of wiffle ball, then jump in the pool for an hour and then go watch European vacation on VHS. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I am not going to learn piano no, with my 87-year-old great-grandmother. I have, have a beautiful memory that we could hold on forever. Forget and it. And you know what? I do wish I was... Yeah, of course. So, I guess what I'm saying is... If you can time travel, Bob. Yeah. Big time travel guy. Bring it back. When did the I'm a big time travel thing happen? <laughs> I mean, I'm, you're not wrong. I just don't remember when this became a joke. I guess you and I don't Jay, think it was a joke. You I and think Jason it was, both. Yeah. I think it was. Um, you you would just fantasize about it a lot. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm just sitting there, just fantasizing. I think we need to get Jason in here. I know we do. Yeah. Um, to really get down to the bottom line, but as I recall, maybe it was something like any time it was like. All right, time to brainstorm think, on an idea. You're like, all right, how about a time travel component? I, I think that probably did happen more than it should have. <laughs> I mean, time travel is fascinating. That was the struggle with it. All right, that's it, Bob. That is the Black Album by Metallica. <clears throat> we did it. We did it. We did it. Nobody thought we would do it, but we did it. You know, in a weird way, this was all for the Patreones. Because if you recall, they tied in a poll with Limp Biscuit oh. many, many months ago. And we awarded the victory to Limp Bizkit, uh, and said fuck you to Metallica, but today we made right. Right, we got even with Metallica for the Napster thing and for the MTV icon No, that's not program. their fault. It was really the Napster thing. <laughs> but yeah, and now we did it. So Even Steven. Even Steven, Metallica. All right. Let's do it, Bob. Before we pick a song for the Throwback Podcast playlist, we have to thank all of our Patreones. Would you pa- time travel if you could? Of course I would. What kind of question is that? You because were, they, um, you could ups, uh, upset the space-time continuum. Oh, you're trying to butterfly effect this? I'm not trying to. I think that's only that's the way it works. Nope, not worried about the butterfly. And even effect. before Ashton Kutcher, um, Marty McFly, that was all legit. That was all real. Like you can't, if you go back to the past, you can change the past, and then that changes the future. Time is a construct, dude. Time's a flat circle. But it's not. It's if you if yeah. we're gonna be time traveling. You can make changes that will change things forever. Because time is not linear. It is, though. No, it's not. All right. Now what are we talking about? Dude, we got to get super stoned <laughs> and talk about time travel, bro. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. The Patreon is over at Patreon.com. Time's linear. No, it's not linear. Slash throwback pod. 
everybody who kicks in $2 a month, $6 a month, $12 a month, and more, especially our top tier Patreonies, Bruno the Sponsor, Hmm. Kleine and Mancy, and of course, Courtney and Wyatt. You guys are the best. Thank you for keeping this thing afloat. Thank you for doing what you do. If I could go back in time, uh, all I would do is just thank you again. That's all you would do. What do you, you you go back in time and just thank people over and over again? Yeah, that's what I would do. You won't have to go back in time to do that. You just do that in the nope, present. I'd rather do it back in time. It's more fun that way. So everybody, thank you. Patreon.com slash throwback pod. What are you learning over there? What kind of wormhole are you going down? Stephen Hawking. Oh yeah, that's where it all starts. Because there is a law such as gravity, the universe can and will create itself from nothing. Sp- spontaneous creation is the reason there is something rather than nothing. Why the universe exists. Why we exist. <clears throat> By inference in reference to his love of M theory, time may be considered as cyclic. Oh yeah. Time starts go. when forces, supergravity, and matter procreate themselves into universe spontaneously, and it ends when big crunch occurs and again starts with the Big Bang spontaneously produce space. Everybody is just listening to Dan getting his mind opened <laughs> up to a whole new world. I like Big Crunch. That's a good name. Big Crunch. That's my rap name. <laughs> and then all your songs are about time travel. <laughs> That's a great Tom name. Tom is cyclic. That's you know great, what it is, bitch. That's a great name. <laughs> Yo, have you heard that rapper? All he does is rap about time travel. It's fucking weird, but kind of great. Turn on your ear. Tom's linear. <laughs> all right. All right. We got to pick a song to follow. Sing by Travis. All right. Well. You got a little bit upset. You were a little no, in your feelings upset. about the, the sing thing, even though I said that was on my um, celebration of life playlist. That would be when at my funeral when I may be still alive in my coffin. Can you do me a favor? I, don't, I never ask you to do anything for this podcast mm-hmm. other than promote it, uh, which you don't do. So mm-hmm. could you make your celebration of life playlist and share it with people? Yes, I can do that. Because I want to know what's on this. So do I. <laughs> I want to know, like, who made the cut? Sing. What, what 13 artists made the cut? A Sort of Homecoming. That's what I know so far. Uh, Yellow, maybe. Yellow. Imitation of Life by R.E.M. Not going to make it. Not going to make maybe it. maybe an R.E.M. song. I would hope so. But who knows? Uh, I will do that. Anything by, anything by live, probably. Simple Creed? I mean, Maybe. if that's not playing on your deathbed, then what was the point? All right. Uh, anyway, so you were upset that I kind of was presumptive about Sing, so I will defer to you on Metallica's album. I wasn't upset at all. I think, you know, look, we we do have some chuds listening right now. That's just the way it is. Chud Universe out there, shout out. <laughs> shout out to the Chud Universe. Big crunch. <laughs> We, uh, you know, we love you, Chuds. We love when we do like dirtbaggy things and then we have people self-identify as dirtbags on yeah. uh, Twitter. It's hilarious. Uh, so I really want to make the Chuds happy. Really want to make all of the... They're so, so rarely happy, Chuds. So <laughs> to true. give them that opportunity... They don't smile a lot, but, you know. This is for them. This is for them. I want to make all the brother-in-laws out there happy. Oh. <sighs> want it all the lonely uncles out there who aren't allowed into oh, in, we need more metallica and van halen on this playlist all of your lonely uncles absolutely bro not a, denied admission to dan's <laughs> strip club strip house let's give him sad but true 
Ooh, I like that. Right out of Sing. Right. Like, uh, that's good. All right. There you go. There we go. This one's for you, Chuds. The Chuds deserve this. We don't deserve you, Chud. listeners of the Throwback Podcast. Chud Nation. Chud Army. <laughs> Chud Nation. <laughs> the Chud Squad. <laughs> Chud Hive. The Chud Hive. We salute you. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at ThrowbackPod, Instagram at ThrowbackPod. Go leave us five stars on iTunes. We could use that. We're about due to read some iTunes reviews again, aren't we? Chud Hive. I want some <laughs> Chud comments on iTunes. We will read them on our next episode. Chud Scuds. <laughs> All right. This is a shout out to the Chuds. Go fuck yourself. Ha, ha, ha.